0: Hello, thank you for listening. Before getting into today's episode, I would just like to take a moment to honor the loss of Megan Palmer. She passed after a very short and aggressive battle with cancer. She was the prevention coordinator for the Livingston County Community Alliance, my boss, and my friend. She was a huge advocate for youth and prevention in this community, and her loss is felt by so many. I would just like to take a moment of silence to honor her. Thank you. And now on to today's episode. All right, hello and welcome back to Passion for Prevention. I am your host Haley with Livingston County Community Alliance and I am joined here today by Holly and Jennifer and we're going to be talking about ACEs which is Adverse Childhood Events. They are both certified trainers for ACEs and they're going to tell us a little bit more about what it is that ACEs does and how it can
1: help our community. (laughs) Hi everybody, Um, my name is Holly Naylor. I work at La Casa. I am the Director of Family Prevention and Education so um, basically that means that I'm working on child abuse prevention efforts throughout Livingston County.
2: And good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jennifer Tate and I'm the director of the Department of Health and Human Services here in Livingston County. I'm responsible for ensuring that our customers receive benefits in a timely manner and ensuring that all children in Livingston County are safe.
0: And then will you guys tell us a little bit about just the basics of what is ACES?
2: Uh, I guess I can start and just talk a little bit about the ACES study and what it consisted of. And the term ACEs is based on a study that was conducted by the U.S. uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention in San Diego, California. And the ACEs study actually confirms for us with scientific evidence that adversity early in life increases physical, mental, and behavioral problems later in life. And I think that's something that we deal with every day in the department because we're continuously doing investigations in regards to child abuse and neglect and trying to ensure that as the children grow older that they're able to be productive members in the community. What we do know is that our study uh, consisted of over 17,000 study participants in San Diego and ACEs falls under three different types. The first type is abuse, which obviously um, consists of physical, sexual, and emotional. The second type is neglect, which is emotional and physical. And then the third type is household dysfunction. So that would incorporate things such as domestic violence, uh, divorce within the household, mental illness, incarceration, things of that sense. Uh, What we do know, and the state of Michigan has on their fact sheet, that 28.5% of children up to the age of 17 have experienced at least two or more ACEs. And when you think about that, that's, um, that's a huge challenge for us as professionals to start to deal with because we're talking about kids from birth to 17 who have already been through traumatic events that are going to have an everlasting effect on the type of adults that they become. So some of the things that we're working on in Livingston is for us to be able to decrease the number of ACEs with children so that we can ensure they live a healthier lifestyle. And that's right in line with what this study um, talks about. And because it is scientific evidence that it was based on, we know that it's factual And we know that things that we want to look at, some of the things we may want to address besides some of the factors that I've already discussed, are things that could affect kids in a negative manner. So if we wanted to talk about maybe the incarceration of a parent, a lot of times individuals think that there shouldn't be any contact. We should just cut that contact off, but really we need to look further into it and say, well, We already know that the parent has been removed from that child's life but do we still want them to be able to have that bond be able to have that connection the ability to actually talk to that parent so that they can still build that rapport and engage and feel that they're wanted and have somebody to speak with so um, those are just the basis of the study and i think that holly probably can go a little bit more into depth about um epigenetics and what that means
1: sure so the ACEs study, um, like Jennifer said, it, it put that scientific backing behind, I think, what many people kind of assumed from before, which was if you have a hard childhood, you may have difficulties later in life. So the ACEs study just just gave that real evidence that, um, yes, in fact, that's true. And it also gave um, evidence that the more ACEs you have, the higher your risk, um, which was also something that was important because it's not just whether you've had any or one, it's really how many of those experiences you have had. Um, And some of the outcomes later in life that that they showed connections to are things that everybody, you know, I think that um, you've talked to on this podcast are are working to improve. So um, substance use disorders, uh, incarceration rates, um, educational, challenges so um, you know how many kids complete high school how many kids drop out perhaps um, risky sexual behavior Um, it even impacts things like um, missed days at work um, productivity heart disease obesity so they really have this profound impact Um, and as Jennifer said it's many people right it's it's, this is not a, a rare occurrence many people have at least one ACE Um, And quite a few have have several. When that study came out, I think it was in the 90s, 1990s. Since then, we've actually learned a lot more about why exactly ACEs have such a big impact. Um, And it goes back to neurology and epigenetics, which are both, you know, fancy words, but basically um, how our brains develop. So when we're born, um, we have a very limited brain development and every experience that we have from that point on um, our brains are taking in information processing information and and really teaching us how to respond to that so for example a child who during infancy and young childhood um, receives attention when they need it when they have a responsive caregiver who brings them food or makes sure they're comfortable makes them feel loved the the neural pathways in their brain. Their brain literally builds pathways that they um, know the world is a safe place. So they can respond to the world from a a place of security. They learn to take time to think through decisions. They're not reacting out of fear. But if you have a child who has experienced multiple ACEs, such as, you know, um, being separated from a caregiver or abuse or domestic violence, They've been living in an environment of fear. Um, they've learned that perhaps either the world is not responsive or um, is actually dangerous, and that's built into their brain. So as adults, they may respond to things in a, a very different way than somebody whose brain is telling them that they're safe. Um, so that, that's kind of what happens with our, our neurology, our, our brain development. And what is so fascinating about that is um, the idea, I think, in my work, I've heard quite a few people talk about, you know, when kids are too young for memory, right, before we have our long-term memory, things, it doesn't matter what happens to them, right? You don't, you don't remember what happened, it can't really have impacted you that much. Um, but this information tells us the exact opposite. Literally from the beginnings of our life, our, our brains are building on our experiences. Those experiences become part of our bodies. Um, And therefore, those early experiences are so, so important um, and so impactful. Uh, The other word, epigenetics, is kind of answers that old, ages old question of nature versus nurture. Are we born with it or do we learn it? Um, And the the simple answer is both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is kind of an emerging area of study, Um, it it can get very complicated, but basically what we have learned is that our personal experiences, they don't change our DNA, but they can kind of turn it on or off. Um, So whether or not a gene, a behavior, a characteristic is expressed is impacted by our experience. And then the really mind blowing thing is that can be passed on to our children. So literally what our grandparents or great-great-grandparents experienced may be affecting our lives right now. Um, and that really comes into play when we're looking at our community as a whole, um, or you know, communities in general, um, and some of the challenges they may face, and, and looking back at what tra- those traumatic experiences may have been for both individuals and for an entire group of people. Um, For example, you know if you take a population who experienced war, you know what what might that impact be two or three generations later? Um, So that that's kind of where the science is going right now. All of it comes back to the fact that what happens to us when we are very young matters and it matters in a real way and it matters, it should matter to everyone. So when you mentioned like a place that's going
0: through war like that could affect generations to come. Would you say that like going through the pandemic the way that we are right now could potentially impact like our kids and everything or later on down? I mean, I'm not
1: like we've experienced a pandemic like this to base it off of. But yeah, you know. uh, Jennifer and I are both smiling because that's exactly, <laughs> that's <laughs> well, exactly right. About. Yes, um, we are. We are all experiencing trauma, um, stress. Um, And one of the other factors of that stress is that it's ongoing. I think we all experience stress in life. It's not inherently a bad thing. Um, Challenges can force us to grow. Um, But it's when that stress is ongoing, it's when our our brains are kind of constantly flushed with those stress hormones that
2: um, things become really challenging. And I think that's something that we've seen throughout this pandemic because we're dealing with a lot of... Uh, Children who are more depressed because of the school closures and they don't have that interaction with other students or they haven't been able to even celebrate holidays as normal. We all look forward to Easter break and Christmas break, spring break, taking those vacations and that's something that unfortunately we haven't been able to do because we're worried and at risk of our loved ones becoming deathly ill. And that's that ongoing stress that I think Holly, you mentioned because you never know what's next. We're wondering now, are we gonna go back to school and work full time? Are we going to shut back down now because the cases are rising? But it's just that unknown that I think is that continued stress that it's bringing to us. So one of the things that that we hope to do is continue to educate our community and talk about what this looks like for kids. And when you see signs, then there's certain resources that are available And I'm sure at the end of this podcast, they'll be able to find some type of links and information to do some follow up, maybe even uh, watch the movie Resilience. I think it's a great movie because as Holly stated, we all when we're discussing kids, the first thing you hear us say is that, oh, kids are so resilient, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some long lasting effects in regards to the life experiences and the traumatic events that they go through. So I think we have to slow down sometimes and not think just because they're kids and they're gonna continue to grow to be adults that they're gonna be okay. We have to help them out and figure how, uh, what resources and different ways that we can do this. And I know even for the department, this has taken us down a different road, right? Because when what we're always worried about is children being in uh, stressful situations or being abused and neglected and being in there those environments and we're worried about how to get them out of it. But now we need to focus on why were they in there and what was going on with their parents? What happened as they were young kids so that we can continue to work on the big picture? Of course, safety is always first and we want to remove kids, but then we need to get down to the meat of it and figure out how can we prevent this from happening to the next generation? And ACES does just that.
0: So Jennifer, you mentioned the Pathfinder program?
2: Uh, Pathways to Potential. And um, those are uh, DHHS workers that are actually um, housed right inside the schools. So we have them in three of our Howell Public Schools and we're actually in all of the schools in Pinckney. And those workers are there to assist individuals who may need um, assistance with benefits. So whether that may be cash benefits, food stamps, um, help with their consumers, uh, the purchasing of a new car, or whatever your immediate need is, instead of having to come to the DHS office, you have the ability to go right into your child's school and there's a worker there that connects you with any resource that may be needed to remove any barriers that you or your family may have.
0: Awesome, yeah, and then um, we talked a little bit off podcast about the stigma of people not wanting to walk into the DHS office and everything. Um, So I just think that it's important to mention there's. Never gonna be judgment of anyone who needs
2: help. Not at all. And we can help you with just about anything. We can help with property taxes, whatever your needs are, as long as you're eligible and meet those requirements, we're willing and able to assist you. And um, we actually are positioning workers throughout the community. So we have a worker that sits inside the CMH office um, and we're looking for other agencies that are willing and, and opening their doors for us to be able to How's a worker there? Because our goal is to ensure that wherever you are in the community, we wanna make it easier for you to be able to get to the resources. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to have to figure out how to get to our office, think that you gotta spend hours there, because you don't. Mm -hmm. Any service that you need or resource, you can apply right online, or you can go into your child's school if you are in the Howell District or Pinckney.
0: And do they have to have a, a student at Hallow or pinckney or if they feel more comfortable going into that school? Are they able to? You do not.
2: If you live in the area and you're close to a school, please feel free to go in there and those pathway to potential workers will be there to assist you.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and mentioning the stigma, i just like to let everybody know, um, you know, these challenging experiences happen to everyone. You know, they happen in all, you know, at La Casa we, we support Community members from every town, every school district, every um, corner of the county. Um, so just know that you aren't alone. Supports are there, and and we really want to um, to help you. And and so just yeah, that that issue mm-hmm. of stigma is is so big
2: here. Um, yes and i think probably part of that issue is because although Livingston only has a three percent poverty level we still do have individuals that have those needs so you know it can change for anybody at any given time and i encourage you if, if you do have a need to please reach out you can reach out for services on uh the link on your smartphone which is our my bridges link and you also have the ability to come into the office where we have kiosks if you need some assistance. So feel free, don't hesitate to reach out, we're only a phone call away.
1: Yeah, and we do recognize it's really expensive to live here. So <laughs> even if you are above that poverty level, um, you you may not be able to, you know, there might be e- significant economic stressors and there yes. are programs in the community. Um, people will do their best to, you know, like gleaners, food pantry, you know they they're they're there they'll provide you with food you don't need to be at poverty level to to get that kind of support so um just because you you feel like maybe you wouldn't qualify reach out yeah and definitely well you know people will will do everything they can to support you so jennifer mentioned resilience and um that's the that's the hope in all of this i think um because We know that, number one, you can't go back in time and and change the experiences that people have already had. Uh, And number two, we're never going to be able to prevent every traumatic experience from ever happening. But we do know that building resilience, and and resilience is just the ability to um, take on life's challenges successfully. Um, so being able to, uh, you know, we can throw out the phrases, roll with the punches or <laughs> let it roll off your back. But, but really just taking on those hard times in life and getting through them in um, healthy and successful ways. So what, is, what does that actually look like is kind of the million dollar question. Um, I think that there, we do have some frameworks and some kind of ways of, of approaching this. And one of them is called the protective factors. So it's another study where they looked at what are the common characteristics of healthy, happy families? And they boiled it down to five factors, which essentially reduce stress. Really, so that, that's, that's what's happening in those families that are struggling. Um, they're often in extremely stressful circumstances. So whatever we as a community or as an agency, as a friend can do to reduce that stress, is a way of building resilience. So it is actually a way of preventing ACEs, which I think a lot of people think find a little surprising. You know, we think that prevention has to be big, dramatic action or intervening, but um, at its core, at least from my perspective, prevention are all of those small actions we take to support each other, um, such as,
2: yeah. Uh, one that I can think of is for domestic violence victims being that support person for that individual so they can have at least one person they know if they come into a situation where they need assistance they have that one person to call on or that one person to vent to that one person who's going to be there for them unconditionally no matter what and sometimes we take that for granted right because we all think oh we got million friends and family members but there's a lot of people who don't have one person in the world to talk to when they're stressed out yeah and that can make such a huge difference when you're dealing with stress, just having somebody to simply walk up and give you a hug and you know it just makes you feel better, but they're gonna still sit there and listen to you and they're listening to understand, not listening to respond and that's huge.
1: Yeah, and for kids especially, that that is the key. Having that one um, reliable, trustworthy, just in there for the long haul relationship with an adult actually is the biggest factor as to how well kids respond when they've had these traumatic experiences. Um, It is the the number one indicator. And they have done studies, if if kids have those kind of supports in their life, even if they've experienced ACEs, their outcomes are way better. So ACEs are not like just a, uh uh-oh, it's happened, we're giving up type of message. It it really is, hey, uh, what do you need? Like how, how can we, how can we build, build you back up, build our communities back up, provide those supports and ultimately break those cycles?
0: Yeah, protective factors are also something we talk about a lot like in the prevention field, like even with substance abuse. And that's a huge thing that we always push to is like just having one trusted adult that cares, that'll say, you know, how are you doing today? Like, do you need anything? Like it could be something as simple as that and just knowing that you have that person to go to you know, and then other things, you know, like you said, um, people think prevention efforts have to be some huge, like, intervention and, like, sit in a circle kumbaya, and it's not at all. <laughs> like, that even, you know, like I said, from my standpoint, from, it's like, substance use prevention, too, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of the protective factors are super similar, but just having, like, after-school activities to go to and, like, healthy relationships at school and friends or having that one teacher that you trust, like it's just little things like that. And even just the education, being aware of what's going on can be a protective factor. And it doesn't have to be some intervention where everyone sits and we talk about our feelings. It's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like that.
2: And I think in, in Livingston, we've started to um, incorporate a lot of preventive preventative measures mm-hmm. uh, for us to be able to move forward. One being handled with care, which we rolled out here in Livingston in January, 2020 and Handle With Care is an initiative that gives teachers and administrators a heads up that the students that they're dealing with have experienced a traumatic event within the last 24 hours. And I think that's very important because outside of parents in your home, the individuals that spend the most time with our kids are school officials, right? They're there for the majority of the day. So our goal is to ensure that if children have experienced a traumatic event, that we're notifying that teaching team prior to the start of that child's next school day so that they know that they may may need to give that child some grace during that school day if they're more aggressive or if they are shut down. Maybe they're telling you they're hungry or they're sleeping in class. Maybe we need to just give them a little grace and let them sleep, you know, because we are aware. Now, I think the great thing about that initiative is that teachers and administrators don't get to know the exact event that children experienced. So they just get a simple notice that says, handle little Johnny with care. So you don't know what that event or that traumatic event was that they experienced, but you know that they, it was something. So if you see a difference in their behavior, and many kids, you won't see a difference because just like we talked about, kids are resilient. So they're gonna go ahead and go through that day. But if a child was, for example, removed from their home at 4 a.m., because their parents were involved in a domestic dispute. We definitely want that teaching team to know. So if little Johnny is aggressive, give him grace because at the end of the day, what we want him to be able to do is remain in school and get his education. We don't want him just to be taken out of the classroom and sent home because then he's put right back in that same situation. But a lot of times teachers and administrators have no idea of what's going on, but this way they get that heads up and then we can begin to refer kids to resources if needed. Um, It's a partnership that's actually between law enforcement, the schools and community mental health. And because we have so many great partnerships here in Livingston County, all of our law enforcement municipalities are on board with this. All five of our superintendents participate. So that's huge. A lot of communities just have a few uh, school districts that participate, luckily because we have such supportive partners here in Livingston, we're all on the same page and we rolled it out countywide and everybody's on board. So we have began to see a difference of the amount of child abuse and neglect referrals that we're receiving and as well as the number of kids that we have in foster care here in Livingston County have decreased as well. So, our goal is to continue to bring preventive measures such as handle with care to be able to decrease the number of ACEs and assist kids in hopes that they're able to remain in safe environments.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I didn't realize that Livingston was countywide, that everyone did that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's an amazing program. I think that's great too, because then, you know, if teachers know that someone had, you know, a bad night um, or they went through an event that if they do have that outburst or something we're not punishing the child for you know maybe they have an aggressive outburst and it's not you know go straight to the principal's office because it's that child is expressing exactly the way that they know how to or that they've seen or just the only way that they can think of and so punishing them for that i think would be you know 10 steps backwards from what they need yeah, so exactly. i think that's huge to have teachers mm-hmm. aware and everything so that You know they can handle that better as well
1: yeah aces really are about just reframing the way we approach these challenges um Mm -hmm. and like you said that child may be expressing themselves the only way they know how to right that's goes back to the the neurology of it that that's how they learned that's Mm -hmm. how they were taught Um, and aces are really about changing the way that we as adults respond to these situations instead of looking at a child who is in crisis and saying what's wrong with you we need to be asking the question what's happened to you Mm -hmm. right so then we can get to to the core of that behavior and and give that child a safe environment so that they can learn how how to live in a safe environment um, which you don't know if you've never had one yeah i just can't
0: imagine like how different things would have been like even when i was in school like just seeing behavior and stuff from kids that you know and teachers are like sent straight to the principal's office and it's like you know when you learn more about aces I'm like was that really the right response because did they lash out because just because they could or because something else is going on and that's not what they needed in that moment to help them they needed someone to ask them what happened
1: you know why are you lashing out not punish them for what they've done and the movie resilience that Jennifer mentioned really um, brings focus to that, and the difference, the incredible difference that those supportive adults in an educational environment can make—not just for those students, but really for a whole, a whole school, a whole community. Um, you know, and going back to the the prevalence of Aces and the impact they have on so many people. Mm-hmm. I think one of the challenges when you're working in in the field of prevention is that we all kind of have our own little focus you know so we have maybe like substance Mm -hmm. use prevention services or child abuse prevention homelessness prevention um you know the educational interventions to keep kids in school and aces gives us a common ground right because the adverse experiences when you're a kid impact all of those areas so it's a a place for all of us who care about these issues to come back together and say hey we can work on this together Um, even to the business community so shout out to the business community um this is (laughs) here's your buy-in um if we if we reduce or eliminate aces we are going to have more productive healthier workforces Mm -hmm. um we're gonna have better students. We're gonna have healthier parents and, and fewer calls to DHHS. Um, <laughs> all of the good things. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a huge reason. Like I wanted to talk
0: about Aces on the podcast because I know like typically we fo- we focus on you know substance abuse prevention in youth, but substance abuse problems don't normally just come from nowhere you know exactly. we know that a lot of mm-hmm. the times they are linked to mental health like our last episode we focused on anxiety and mental health because mm. a lot of the times you know like it comes from somewhere you know and especially right now with the pandemic we're seeing a huge increase in youth substance use because of that's how they're coping with things mm-hmm. and so it, it definitely all ties back like you said it gets a common ground for everyone like what the kids go through and everything and even you mm-hmm. know what their parents could have gone through and passed down also just impacts so many different things especially when you get into mental health because mental health can affect every aspect of your life including your physical health yes, which is exactly. huge.
2: And I think one of the, the statistics that made me want to dig in and learn more about ACEs was the fact that children who experience six or more ACEs are 20 times more likely to co- attempt or commit suicide. And we all know that suicide is an issue that we're dealing with in regards to teens and young adults. And it's just to me that uh, it really resonated. And and I guess for the better part, made me feel really sad because you worry about kids on a daily basis. And you want them to understand that there are people, there are resources Mm -hmm. that that we have that can assist you. and, And we truly do care about you. So I just wanna take some time to tell everybody who's listening, if you don't have one person or if you're able to be that one person for somebody to reach out to, please make sure that you you do that, that you're that one person for somebody that's around you to be able to talk to, vent to, or just be able to walk up and, and get that hug that they may need. Yeah,
1: and there are many caring people in this community. Um, you know, For youth, there are resources like the Connection um, I know that you know teachers, librarians, um, whoever whoever you have in your life, and if you don't have anyone in your life, let us know. We'll we'll find a space for you to feel welcome and included. Everyone needs that, and I think that's part of what has been so challenging about this pandemic is that we're separated from our spaces, and that's really hard.
0: Yeah, we also have um, Project Success counselors in all of the high school and middle schools and they help run groups and everything for students to attend as well which is just another outlet to you know yeah. express yourself
1: and talk about what you need to talk about yeah and there there are resources so we encourage you to reach out um, we would love to either be that person or connect you with that person or assist you with being that person wherever you may find yourself
2: most definitely and so if you if you are a business owner if you're a school official if you'd like to learn more about ACEs. Um, Holly and I are both Master Trainers for the State of Michigan. We're willing and able to provide that training to you or your staff and we'll make sure that you have our contact information at the end of this podcast because we're overly excited to share this information.
1: (laughs) Very true. We would love everyone, everyone in the county to know about this. Um, and to be as excited as we are because it it just it provides hope it makes me feel very hopeful Which is it's good. It's good.
0: One other thing. I wanted to talk about was I Personally took the aces quiz and there were things on there that I would have never considered to be Like an adverse childhood event like things that I never would have considered to like impact my aces score and then after watching the TED talk about it and learning like kids with an ACE score of Six or more are also at risk for like heart disease and all these like other physical problems that like I never would have even Mm -hmm. considered to have a problem (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and so it's just it's crazy to me how easy it is for someone to experience an event like that and just not even not even know but have it impact you for the rest of your life you know what what can people do either as an adult or if you know if it's a kid and you're realizing you have a higher Aces score anyone listening that you have a higher Aces score. Is there something that you know you can do to help minimize that like that risk that you have like is there anything that you guys see that would be something to help like
1: maybe you don't get close to heart disease because you've helped deal with some of these problems so relationship is really key to that Um, they have they kind of the second part of the ACEs study was looking at outcomes for kids who had that supportive environment um, and it's really remarkable the difference in those mm-hmm. outcomes. So, it, having those positive relationships in your life lowers those risks quite a bit. Um, but that's it, you bring up a really good point in that most adults are walking around with one ace, two aces, right. and more. Right. Um, so, what do they do, right, with that information? Um, and I would say so to a certain degree. It, it depends on where um your aces are coming from. Um, you know, Lacasa is available for survivors of domestic violence or child abuse at any point in your lifetime. Um, you know, working with professional counselors. Um, you can. Uh, I'll say you could contact me for more information. Um, and then I would, you know, Jennifer's nodding her head as well. Just to support you in that and kind of give you some direction um again we can't undo things that have already happened and we don't I mean, we don't want this information to be to have like a or,
2: negative effect yeah, right? <laughs> right we want you just to recognize that you have experienced some aces and that there are outlets for you to discuss what the challenges may look like for you later in life yes
1: so and that awareness hopefully is a little a little helpful i think We all ask ourselves, to a certain extent, like, why am I like this? (laughs) (laughs) Why did I do that? Um, So maybe you know a little bit of insight and answer some (laughs) questions. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I just feel like
0: that's a huge, like, like when I first learned about it, was like, what do I do now if I found out that I have all these aces? And um, you know, and I'm sure for anyone, but I think it's also huge to know, like, because of all the things I didn't realize were. Considered adverse childhood events like how many other people have also experienced these things and Everyone I feel like to some extent has experienced Something or we don't even realize how they
2: connect to other things like because maybe you experienced domestic violence Now you do have all these health issues later Mm -hmm. in life and you would have never even known that there was a connection Mm -hmm. between the two right but I think it is a little overwhelming a lot of times when we do this training because there's all social work professionals in there and when we do this aces, everybody's like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I got four or five aces. But really that's why we're here doing that work, right? Because we have experienced those traumatic events and we want to give back and we want to help kids. Right. But I think that's the reaction that we get the most is what am I gonna do now? I've identified I got all these problems. Now where do I go? <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> Like <laughs> Yeah, like
0: Holly said, like, we've all asked, why am I like this? Exactly. No, it starts to make sense now. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, especially that if we can recognize it in ourselves, too, we can recognize it in oh, yeah. youth. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've gone through this, too, and I know like this behavior that you're experiencing and I know that how you're lashing out isn't because you're just mm-hmm. angry about nothing like you're, exactly so you have reasons yep. to be angry and what are
2: those reasons and how can we help you through them exactly and I think that can be so much more beneficial to kids versus mm-hmm. us being punitive mm-hmm. and and by no means are we saying give kids a pass for the behaviors right. that they're just playing we're just simply asking to give them a little grace because they got a lot going on right now
0: right you know the basics and stuff of just so people can grasp a general understanding of what aces is and everything which is
2: and we do have the um, training coming up for the community if people yep. want it i can't think of the date off the top of my head but i know it's february <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> um and also uh, you know Jennifer mentioned if you have an organization or a group of people that you think this information would be valuable let us know we will we will We will bring it to you. Mm -hmm. Um, We will find a way to make it work with your schedule, our schedule. We'll we'll be there. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on
0: the podcast today and for sharing all that information. I am going to link um, both of your emails as well as websites. I will also probably link um, the ACES quiz just in case anyone is curious to want to check out what their ACES score may be and be as surprised as I was. Um, So I will link that as well, as well as on our website at drugfreelivingston.com. We'll have all the same information as well. So thank you guys both for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you everyone for listening, and a huge thank you to Holly and Jennifer for coming on and talking with me for the podcast. I will have all of their information linked in the show notes as well as on our website at drugfreelivingston.com under the podcast tab. Thank you, and we will see you next month.